The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. There are, if you can believe it, there are actually more important things to be talking about than my travails with the puppy. And it is the upcoming COVID inquiry. So a few more details beginning to emerge. We were talking to Fiona Sheehan in our afternoon update uh, shortly after four o'clock about this uh, today. So over the next little while, uh, the terms of reference are going to be set. We're going to get strict time limits and we're going to find out whether it will be a public or a private inquiry and what they are going to look at, what they are not going to look at, the pitfalls they're going to try to avoid. Here to discuss... Professor Sam McConkie, who's an infectious disease specialist at the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland, and Michael McNamara, the independent TD for Clare, a former chair of the Oireachtas COVID Committee. Gentlemen, you are both very welcome to the show. Uh, Sam, if I can start with you, um, what questions would you like to see a COVID inquiry look into? Um, Thanks, Kieran. I, I think I'd like to see an inquiry that points us to the future, that in the future we've more robust and resilient systems you know, many folk will see with great sadness sort of the nursing home uh, deaths at the early part of COVID. And, you know, were there enough extra staff? Do all of our organisations have enough staff to cope with maybe 10, 10 or 20 percent of people off sick? Many, many of us don't have those redundancies built into our important systems. So I'd like to see it fo- forward focused, looking at resilience, looking at uh, robustness, not just of health, but you know, our arch nemesis might not be your dog. It might be a virus on the computer system that brings down our bank payment system. So I, I would I would see that we need as a nation to look at resilience of, of a wide area of water, food, banking, energy, fiber optic cables, our, our cyber security. So so I know that's very broad and probably the require the, 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 the this particular inquiry won't necessarily do all that. But I think that's the sort of questions I, I'd like to be living in a country that can answer those sort of broader questions. Have we built systems that are robust to the next threat to our security? Do you think the inquiry should be public or private? Have you a view on that? So I think there's for and against each. If it becomes sort of accusatory, almost like a court where people who are giving evidence feel that they're guilty, they're in the witness box, then Mm. it can become very defensive and doesn't result in the forward-looking answers to how to make a better Ireland in the next five or ten years that I'd like to see. So I think it should not be a, a sort of a accusatory court case because it's not a court. It's, it's, it's an inquiry to find out what happened. If you have an open tribunal, it can be slow, expensive and, you know, lots of, of cross-examination. So then you end up going on for years. And we've had those sort of tribunals in Ireland in the past, not always with the biggest impact after several years of talking and questioning and, and funding. So I think that quicker, shorter one is better. Having said that, of course, the openness of transparency brings a, a sort of a, a, a clarifying and, and healthy light to everything. So I'd prefer to see it open, but if it's possible to have a one that's quick and, 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 and not accusatory mm. as well, I think that would be helpful. I mentioned Michael McNamara, the independent TD, who's with us as well. Michael, have you a view on whether any inquiry should be public or private? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I broadly agree with um, Sam. I think if you have a tribunal of inquiry like you had, you know, previously with a broad remit of the type that Professor McConkie has proposed, I think it would be a very happy new year indeed for the legal profession. Uh, but I'm not entirely sure that it would lead to um, to any very concrete recommendations. Um, I, I think the one thing that really needs to be examined is the death symptoms at the outset uh, when there were uh, numbers of patients were discharged from the um, from the acute hospitals into into nursing homes and um, who, how that decision was arrived at, who made the decision, how it was communicated 
what were the repercussions and, and how sound was that decision against what was known at the time of course you know we need to be careful not to, to judge actions that were taken then against what we now know but rather what was known or should have been known at the time I think the relatives of um, the families of, of of people affected at that time um, deserve that and I think that's very important that and, 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 and I I'd, I'd Broadly, I, I, I'd find it very hard to disagree with that, you know, and certainly the sentiment behind it, that the family of people impacted, you know, deserve answers. It, it does kind of begin to lead us down the road, though, Michael, of, of relitigating the past, doesn't it? Like That's the danger with this, that we just get mired in every decision. Was this the right thing or the wrong thing? Well, no, that aspect of it certainly does, and, and maybe that should be separately, because, I mean, that is inevitably about uh, relitigating the past and, and looking at uh, whether the duty of care that the state owed to those people was uh, was fulfilled or not, um, uh, or whether, because they were of a certain age, they were considered not to be important. And I'm not saying that was a decision that was made, but we just need a lot more information about how that decision was arrived at. But undoubtedly... That does lead to a, a, a you know cross examination. I think people would be looked to, would lawyer up, and there's no there's no way around that. But then the broader issues that Sam pointed at. I mean, I think that's going to uh, lead to very subjective judgments. I mean, about the the, the appropriate. Uh, nature of state interference in people's lives. What is appropriate for the state to do? What are the appropriate barriers of of the state? Is the state omnipotent and is, does the state should, should it protect us from ourselves? Is that the role of the state? And I'm not entirely sure that that's something that, that uh, would, you know, it, it's going to be very subjective, so I'm not really sure that it would lead to very concrete uh, results. Um, but I suppose a couple of things strike me. I mean, I'm obviously not, not, not a medic, uh, but I do know that sort of masks were not recommended by the WHO for viruses up to uh, February 2020. Suddenly they were recommended. Lockdowns generally weren't viewed to be um, uh, an appropriate way to deal with a a, a pandemic and suddenly Mm. they were. So I suppose with, you know, obviously decisions had to be made and made quickly at that time. But now, given that there isn't the same pressure, uh, maybe we need to determine whether lockdowns are appropriate to deal with the future pandemic in the event that one uh, arises and uh, how effective masks are. I mean, personally, uh, you know, I think having to wear masks in school was a a relatively large interference in students' lives. Having to wear one visiting a a family member in a hospital is a very, very small interference. Yes, that requirement was lifted, uh, which surprises me. I mean, if they were as effective as the claim is, that they were, then why was that lifted? I simply don't know the answer, but I think in the cold light of uh, of day, maybe that's something that could be usefully looked at. But certainly going back over every single decision mm. that was made uh, is not something that I think would be particularly productive and everybody would look to vindicate the positions that they took. But as I say, families of the, of, of people infected um, and who died at the start of the pandemic do deserve justice. Sam, with a view to equipping ourselves to deal with a future pandemic, how important is it that we have a discussion, whether it be as part of this uh, inquiry, investigation, tribunal, whatever it turns out to be, um, about ICU capacity? Because it strikes me, I mean, that that is the re- people kind of speculated as to why we had a much longer and more severe lockdown in this country than, than in other jurisdictions. And all too often, people forgot the reason for it, actually, a lot of the time, was ICU capacity. We just couldn't cope with a, a level of the disease in the community that other jurisdictions could cope with 
because our hospital system was already creaking at the seams before COVID appeared. Yeah, so it is a case in Ireland we have less ICU beds per head of population than many other comparable countries. Uh, we did make a huge effort, as has been alluded by uh, Representative McNamara in, in the previous speaker, uh, that we wanted, we needed to get people who didn't need to be in an acute hospital out of the acute hospital. Uh, it's not really a healthy way to have lots of people who don't need to be in hospital there. And the alternatives, of course, are to go home or to go to a long-term care facility like a nursing home. So I would sort of reframe the question that you've been discussing just now about nursing homes and say, how can we make nursing homes and care facilities safe for people with infectious disease? And that involves PPE, it involves extra staff. And, and, and so that's, it's a different question than just why were they discharged? Because in my view, it should have been discharged much earlier. The idea of housing people who don't need to be in a hospital and keeping them in a hospital for months and months is not good for those individuals either. Have, but, have you confidence, Sam, that a, a, an inquiry will not become retrospective or that the discussion and debate in and around it on programmes such as this won't just get mired in the past? You know, there's people already texting in, like uh, agreeing with Michael, we absolutely need investigation into what happened with nursing homes. Mike in Galway wants an inquiry specifically looking at the purchase of what he calls useless masks, gowns and ventilators that cost the taxpayer millions yeah. of euro. I mean, this all kind of gets into blame game territory in my mind. I'm, I'm reasonably confident that there are tools of, of um, identifying risks and risk management and looking at scenario planning. And I would say the best people in Ireland perhaps who do this are the military. They're looking at what ifs and trying to make contingency plans for a whole series of diverse what ifs. And some viruses may be well prevented by masks, but others may be better prevented by hand washing or by other PPE. So, but if you do a whole range of what ifs for different types of threats, then you can have a, a pl- plan in place, perhaps even rehearsed like a fire drill for a whole range of problems like Ebola or, or like anthrax or like a, a toxin in Dublin water supply in Blessington that would cause us all to get diarrhea, for example. So we need a very broad range of what ifs and then a draft plan for each of those ready to go. In Ireland, we had a flu plan, an influenza plan, and we were sort of starting running the influenza plan in February 2020, uh, obviously because we, we didn't have another plan. And it took some weeks and months to get a more COVID-nuanced mm. plan. And of course, leading through an unexpected crisis, which you haven't been planning for, is really challenging. So I think we should be gracious to our, our leaders and CEOs and business leaders and, and owners of businesses yeah. who tried to keep their businesses and employees going and everyone getting paid through this completely unexpected two years that's you know, nothing like anything we've had in the history of the state. So the ability to make decisions fast and nimbly and try to keep our economy going, which to me is profoundly important for healthcare. Yeah. This dichotomy between the, the economy and health is a false one. You need a good economy to be healthy. And mm. we've done that very, very well. We've come out of this COVID problem with a very robust economy and also very low excess deaths. Yeah. So I would say the independent assessment OECD or Global Bird of Disease, they're telling us in Ireland that we've much fewer deaths per head of population than Europe or, or America or okay. many other developed Ma- countries, comparable with New Zealand and Iceland. Ma- Michael, you mentioned WHO advice. I mean, I, I'm, I, I doubt we'd have the powers of compatibility to, to force them to, to attend. But in that regard, would you like to see, say, Dr. Mike Ryan or, or Dr. Gabriasis, the Director General? I contribute to our inquiry? I, I, I don't. I mean, I just don't see that a, a big long... I mean, I, undoubtedly, I, I suppose that the WHO's response to it w- will be looked at, but I'm not sure it's, the, it's appropriate for the Irish state 
to, to to do that specifically. I mean, you could waste a huge amount of time, human resources, uh, and ultimately state money that should be arguably spent on providing home care for, for elderly people who need it so they don't have to go to nursing homes and providing additional ICU capacity and training uh, and employing people to, to staff those ICUs because that's the, the big difficulty with developing ICU capacity rather than engaging in a, in a sort of a legal extravaganza yeah. in Dublin Castle. Um, that that would be my view, but I, I don't want to to, to sort of. I, I do think there are specific questions around the start um, of. I mean, you know, there was a huge difference in the trajectory of the virus in Lombardy and Veneto. In Lombardy, everybody was brought in to residential facilities to be cared for. In in the Venice region, people were treated at home, and that created a huge difference. So, what effect? Uh, discharging people into nursing homes had uh, there was a specific decision I, I do think that that has to be looked at but above and beyond that I mean I, I'm not really convinced that a, a big open open-ended inquiry okay. uh, of the scale that Professor McConkey uh, but there are, there are a lot of interesting questions uh, politically philosophically so- sociologically yeah. but I'm not sure that we'll I'm have to wait them. and see uh, uh, how, how the state uh, tries to answer them Michael party. McNamara Independent TD for Clare Professor Sam McConkey from the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland. Thank you both uh, very much uh, for joining me. One listener simply says, here's what the conclusion of the inquiry will be. Mistakes made, lessons learned, let's move on. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.